0: Go on, then. What are we watching? Oh,
1: what about,
2: uh... End the, uh, with Skystream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman, all in
1: one place. for just 25 euro a month for 12 months. Search Skystream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term requires broadband. Further terms apply. At Zurich Pensions we believe small actions can have great impact like attention to detail that leads to great numbers 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21 and 22 Year's Brokers Ireland awarded us investment excellence Visit zurich.ie or talk to a financial broker about topping up your pension Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland
2: This is an Irish independent podcast The
0: Dublin that Kerry disposed of last year Aren't there anymore. It's the Kerry that they, they couldn't beat prior to that. And that's kind of what's on the line. And I think if Kerry go
1: and do back to back and they beat Dublin in a final, we've moved on into a new era. It is all out in football final week. And what a heavyweight contest we have to look forward to. Kerry will defend the Sam Maguire against rivals Dublin at Croke Park. And the game looks to be balanced on a knife edge. Both sides had to dig deep to overcome Ulster opposition in the semi final. And we are now left with what should be a cracking showpiece this Sunday. Welcome to the throw and Football Show, Will Slattery here with you and I'm delighted to be joined by Dick Clerken and Conor McKeown for our All-Ireland Football Final Preview. And Dick, there's so much to talk about ahead of this Sunday. We have Kerry looking to go back-to-back, one last go-around potentially for some Dublin veterans, the question of who will pick up David Clifford, there are just a few of the, the storylines swirling around the game. For, for you, what's going to peak in your interest the most ahead of what should be a really exciting match?
2: As you touched on there, either side of the conversation, there's a there's there's a very compelling narrative and story. Then you put the two of them together, and it it really explodes. Like just taking Kerry, obviously, and and the more now that they're in the 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 shop window as only one of two teams playing, I think there's a lot more analysis has probably been done of Kerry this year, and you know the, the David Clifford we've talked about that as as everybody and we're struggling now at this stage to to find more superlatives to talk about him. But taking him out of it, there's there's a there's a there's a lot of reason to be concerned if you were a Derry supporter um because of the form like I'll put it to you this obviously outside of David, is there any carry forward nailed on for an all star going into the All Ireland final? I would say probably not. There's a few of them not too far away, but needed a good all Ireland. That tells its own story. Generally, have the, the All Stars are nearly wrapped up going into the All Ireland adventures A lot of the Kerry players probably just not at the level and consistency of form that they were last year. Even so, so 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 Kerry and and, and, and yet they're an All Ireland. I think favourites in the bookies and I think, but that's all largely been swayed by the, the Clifford effect. So there's. Derrick Kerry are coming under the spotlight no more so than after the, the semi-final match that they were uh, cagey to get out of. Then you've got Dublin. And sure it's only a couple of months ago that we were sort of had a big question mark over Dublin that they really hadn't shown enough to, to suggest that they were had moved out of the sort of the lull that they were in. And next thing sort of three really strong performances back to back has put them now. Into to me, into the favours position because they look more like the Dublin of of old or of three years ago before everything that happened and they lost the player. So, and then the history around Dublin, like James McCarthy, and, and he's probably getting you know bumped out of the limelight because of all the talk about David Clifford. But but it's a phenomenal achievement. Like in our lifetime, you know, have see have somebody playing that's going for their ninth All Ireland as an outfield player, and you know as much as David Clifford might be an all time great. James McCarthy is and, and so history is going to be made I think either side Because if Kerry win It'll be the David Clifford All-Ireland And for him Not just to lead Kerry to an All-Ireland But to beat a Dublin team in a final Which he hasn't done That's a serious feather in his cap For a career in a CV A great Dublin team in a final That's him That'll sort of cement his status irrespective of what he does after that And then for Dublin It's really to cap off What has been a phenomenal career For a lot of those players
1: yeah, Conor, how are you assessing this contest? Uh, dublin Kerry is as familiar a pairing as, you know, we have in Gaelic Games. I think this is their eighth meeting in the All-Ireland Series since 2011, when this maybe current rivalry kind of kicked into gear. But as Dick kind of outlined there, the stakes do feel quite high for this one. Even, you know, they, I know they met in the five-in-a-row final, and that was kind of the dream pairing then, but You know, I suppose maybe it's all the Dublin players coming back for potentially, as I mentioned, one last go around and and the stuff around David Clifford. It does seem like there's kind of like legacies on the line this weekend, potentially. Am I over-egging it a bit or or what do you think?
0: No, I don't. I think you have it spot on there. And I think Dick put it well as well. like, there's more than an All-Ireland on the line here, really. Um, Now, maybe not for everybody else, but for people and for the people involved in Dublin and Kerry, this one does feel sort of monumental because... You know, when Dublin, when Kerry let Dublin out of the bag in 2011, all the meetings after that were, you know, can Kerry get it back? And Dublin just stayed on top for so long. And there was a bit of a feeling last year, I think, that Kerry and Clifford got their All-Ireland. They beat Dublin in the semifinal. They got 10 years of sort of oppression from Dublin off their backs. And I think there was a feeling maybe that they would go on to kind of not just dominate that rivalry, but dominate football over the next five or six years. And then you see in the off-season, you know, Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion come back, Pat Gilroy comes back on board, and Stephen Cluxton appears out of the tunnel uh, before they play loud. And all of a sudden, the Dublin that Kerry disposed of last year aren't there anymore. It's the Kerry that they, they couldn't beat prior to that. And that's kind of what's on the line. And I think if Kerry go and do back-to-back and they beat Dublin in the final, we've moved on into a new era. Um, All that stuff about the great dubs and all the medals they've won, that's now nearly boxed off. Um, But if Dublin managed to take one more off Kerry before they go, and like for a fella, like you spoke with James McCarthy there, but Cluxton as well, who we spent 20 years talking about. Like I remember interviewing John Leonard, who was the sub-goalkeeper for a while, and, and he made the point of a 2017 whenever his book came out whenever Cluxton goes, Dublin won't win that All-Ireland. And he was gone for two years, and they haven't won either of them. And now he's back. And if, if Dublin were to go on and win another All-Ireland with Cluxton back, I mean, you're talking about like, you know, the status that you put on those players. Yeah. Like, like not that Cluxton needs his legend embellished. You know, we thought that he'd kind of gone off into the sunset with his high uh, um, a reputation or a, a CV or whatever you want to call it. Um, but if he came back in Dublin won one more, without him conceding the goal all the way through, through the championship, that would be a phenomenal thing to do. And this isn't just any carry either. you know. I think for a while, Dublin had the, the edge over carry. Um, and you were nearly between the kind of Gucci era and the, the David Clifford era. You know, This is very much the David Clifford era. They have a great team around them. They have a strong defensive system. I know Dick made the point about the forwards uh, not being all-stars. The other forwards, that's probably true. But I'd make the point in the context of this game that this is the sort of game when, you know, Pauly Clifford or or, or Paul Ganey or somebody could cut loose because they will get more one-on-ones against the Dublin defenders than they would have done against Derry. You know, if Dublin play with a plus one, if it's Brian Howard, he'll have half an eye on Clifford at all times. So this could be the game where the carry forwards, other than Clifford all light up. So I suppose if you throw all that stuff into the pot here, um, and then all the historical stuff on top of that, you know, for people who are interested in that sort of stuff. And there are some of us around who still, you know, get a little bit bleary-eyed remembering um, all the folklore around the fixture. It does feel kind of monumental. And it does, it does you know, without being dismissive of anybody else this year, it does almost feel like where the season has been kind of headed to um, since pretty early on.
1: Yeah, one thing I'd like to ask you, Connor, and it's kind of a bit of a left field. one, as you mentioned, twenty eleven earlier, and kind of the sea change after that. And Jack O'Connor was talking about it as well. How like Dublin winning that created this blue monster that that went on. Like, do you think if Kerry had have held on in that game and had got over the line, d- does the next decade play out markedly differently? Do Dublin win significantly less All Ireland? Does Jim Gavin come in and win five in a row anyway? Like, how significant? Because people often refer to that kind of. Kind of a, night, a flip of a coin moment where Dublin ended up getting over the line. Like, you think we're talking about a completely different era potentially if Kerry had it held on there?
0: Yeah, like I do. I do. I genuinely do. Because I think that the challenge for Jim Gavin to come in is different then because Will and All Ireland became such a big thing in Dublin. You know, there was this overbearing kind of pressure on the team every year to do it. Um, to, you know, it became this kind of massive drama um, whether Dublin could finally get over the line. And with each close call and with each near-miss and with each collapse, um, as it was in a a couple of cases in semi-finals and stuff, um, the pressure just grew and grew. And it was an enormous one for them to win and they had to win it in a very specific way. Um, And Pat Gilroy had to... like If you go through that Dublin defence, I think five of the Dublin defence in 2011 made their league debuts in 2010. So it had to be a completely new team. Now, obviously, the talent that Jim Gavin... Uh, brought through from the under-21s allied to that Dublin team you know helped them forge that five-in-a-row team and everything that they won but you know you have to remember it took Dublin three goals before they defended an All-Ireland before they went back-to-back back. Um, they didn't do it in 2012 they didn't do it in 2014 so it took till 2016 so you can kind of see the development of the team and the, I, I think the key moment in the development of that team was was 2011 um, that's the one that gave Fellas like Cluxton and Alan Brogan and Brian Cullen, like they'd played in four All Ireland semi finals in the previous decade and lost them all, and it just changed their stock completely, you know. And it made fellows like Derry McConnelly as much as it did fellows like Keno Sullivan and James McCarthy, um, you know, fellows who'd been around for a while. They just they, you know they they began they came to represent something very very different. And I think it knocked the stuffing out of Kerry. I think Jack O'Connor made that point himself in 2012 when they went out in the quarter final. Um, it knocked the stuff out of Kerry for at least the season um, and you know the Gooch a crucial and like that forward line that Kerry had in the final in 2011 if you go through it like I think Darren O'Sullivan might have been favoured for footballer the year going into the final and he was in the forward line with Declan O'Sullivan with Paul Galvin with Donaghy with Gooch it was an incredible team so for Dublin to win that one um, I think was well, it was the key moment in the last decade for Dublin. You know, I don't think James McCarthy and Stephen Clucks and the mix fits would be going for nine All-Irelands or anything like it if they hadn't got over the line that day. But, you know, the, the other side to that equation is there's been so much talent that has come through that was so well managed by Jim Gavin's uh, management team. They definitely would have definitely would have won something, but I'm not quite sure it would have been, uh, you know, to the lavish extent that we've experienced in the last I, I don't know,
2: Conor. I, I think... Bring it forward a bit, because if you look at uh, the 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 Gilroy team and that breakthrough, uh, to me, there's a, a, a big difference to what Jim Gavin essentially put together and how they played. Like to me, the pivotal game that that sort of set that you know precedent dominance for Dublin was actually was the Donegal defeat in fourteen. Because I remember being at that first game, and they played from from eleven really to that game in fourteen. They, Dublin played a very much more Flamboyant off the front foot, just gonna absolutely blitz in your boys, just bombing forward, kicking points, and they were very, they were just suffocating. But they were always a wee bit exposed at the back. But no teams were, were good enough, and then and then just Donegal sucker punched them in that second half. And I think from that game, Jim Gavin says whatever, but I think that is never happening again. And they sort of got their house in order that they almost became. And and in many ways, there as 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 a. As a from an entertainment factor and, and how they were good to watch, you know, Dublin sort of became a wee bit more cagey, but they oh, they came literally unbeatable for six years because they sort of said, right, we we, we learned from that Donegal game that, that we're never going to get caught like that again because they should never have lost to Donegal that day. And they almost, it brought them on that extra step because they've got that, yeah, that monkey off their back, their confidence of winning 11, but then they sort of seemed right. And, and Jim Gavin been the been the tactician and 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 so so tuned in he looked at that as a gap and scene it says right that's never happened again and then he brought them to that level and as i say they just were literally unbeatable and 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 sort of set their own legacy after that um, and I, th- I think going back to you talk about Klux and I think you're 100% right And I, I always feel his, his influence is, is, is more than what we actually see on the pitch because he, he's been okay. Like he, hasn't been, he hasn't been particularly challenged in, 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 in goals this year in terms of the games that they've played. His kickouts at times have come under pressure. Monum him under pressure. Actually, Louth, I remember watching the Louth game, he struggled a lot with getting his kickouts away. So, But I think he brings sort of basically law and order um, on the training ground in the dressing rooms and whatever slippage there might have been over the last few years you know he's he, 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 no more than anyone he probably has tightened all that up we don't see that or appreciate that but you hear Gay that have retired since talk about his impact in the dressing room you hear Gay sort of you know how, how sort of people are deferential towards him and I think that's that his, his greatest impact whereas James McCarthy who has been there over the last two years to me his 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 achievement is is, is Maybe not great, or but of the same significance. Because he's having to do it on the pitch, outfield, in the in the in the white heat, and, and the way he plays. Like for a player to physically able to be able to do what he has done, and perform at the level that he has done. Well, there's nobody else doing it. Like we talk about Conor McManus, you know, and and he's probably a player that's been held up with the same regard in terms of longevity. Big difference doing it in corner forward than doing it in the middle third What James is doing and the hits that he takes and the miles that he put. I just think it's, it's, it's phenomenal and, and for him to be still operating at the level that he's doing, he he, he is out on his own by a street at this stage, you know. Hmm.
1: And just in terms of Stephen Clux's influence, I know, Connor, you were writing Brian Howard's comments kind of about him coming back in and just the massive impact he's had even in the short time he, he's, he's back in and his influence doesn't seem to have dulled in the in the two years or so um, he, he's been away. From a Kerry perspective, Conor, like you mentioned there, how Dublin, when they made that breakthrough, they didn't defend their All-Ireland the first two times they had won it. Like when you watch Kerry this year or think about how their journey from the start of the year to now, do you think some of the reasons they maybe form line hasn't been as strong as we expected, is it because of that All-Ireland defense of finally getting over the line and I suppose, you know, all the kind of things that come up winning in All-Ireland, you're maybe later back to training or do you think it's kind of its own thing and it, it's maybe unconnected?
0: No, I think it's totally connected. Um, like they were back, did, did they, did they get the flight home two days or the night before they played Cork in the, in the Munster League and they conceded five goals that night. And, and I know people who were at that game and Jack O'Connor was nearly laughing at the players, you know, um, because that was not the sort of game that they needed when they were just off the plane. And there was a slow burner during the league and that's the nature of the league. And I think Jack said at his press conference the other day, you know, we were coming across teams and fellas were jumping out of their skins and we knew that, you know, if these lads were going to be jumping out of their skins to the same extent at the end of the championship, there were going to be some men. So a lot of teams had different priorities this year. But I think Dublin and Kerry's priorities were both perfectly aligned. Um, like Kerry, you know, that they played the system to a certain extent. I think Kevin McStay said that in his interview uh, the other day with the Mayo News. They should have known um, that the group stage has been the way they were with three teams qualifying. that. They were going to be there and they expended a bit too much energy early in the year. And Desi Farrell put it to us himself at his press conference last Tuesday. Dublin had to get out of Division 2, fine, but they had to make sure that they did it without expending too much energy. And I know that a huge part of the Dublin preparation this year was all about getting to the All-Ireland stages with everybody, or as many people, as fit as possible. Because you've got a very high age profile on one end, end of the squad who they've inevitably gone back to. You've got an awful lot of miles on the, on the clock. So you have players coming back who haven't played at that level. Like Jack McCaffrey has barely played club football for the past couple of years. Stephen Clarkson hadn't played in goals at any level for nearly three years when he came back. So it was all about doing that. And I think it was the same with Kerry. You know, I think the way they won their All-Ireland last year, it was pretty obvious with the age profile of that squad. There wasn't going to be a huge uh, amount of change. And the defensive system worked so well all the way through last year. They played a different game last year where they won the league and they set their stall out and they went ball headed for it all the way through. Whereas this year you're definitely right. Kerry's performance is like, it's gone like that and you can see, you can see it now. They haven't hit the same heights. They absolutely haven't, you know, um, that, that late burst against Derry, they were in, they're in a bit of trouble. Had Gary McKinley scored that second goal when Shane Ryan's saved, there's a fair chance that Derry would have won that game. So I don't think Kerry's form is cl- as close to last year. Um, as they would need it to be but like you're talking about a one-off game against the, like a Kerry team or all ireland champions of the best team best player in the country so i think everything prior to this is irrelevant i think it's totally irrelevant and i'm not sure that you could even look at the semi-finals given the kind of games they were tactically as being any evidence as to which team is in the better form or how they might square off against each other because this is just a, a completely different match
1: yeah, and the, uh, one thing about Kerry's journey is that they did get a massive slice of luck with Mayo kind of collapsing against Cork. Like, Kerry were meant to, by all accounts, definitely yeah. finish second in that group. Like, if yeah. Aiden O'Shea kicks that free, Kerry play, I think, would have been in Roscommon, then That's potentially right. Derry in the quarterfinals. And then, obviously, it could have been anyone have been in the
2: semi final. Yeah, it
1: could have been Dublin. Yeah. So, like, they, if they do win back to back, they'll have they'll be tanking Cork and Aiden O'Shea uh, for potentially uh, Give them a hand on the way. The, the, the really impressive thing about David Clifford's season, and you know, we give him a lot of superlatives, but as you mentioned there, the team as a whole maybe hasn't hit the strides of last year. But for someone who had a very lengthy club campaign, that was not only you know quite physically taxing, but also quite an emotional experience. It seemed, and obviously off the field with the passing of his mother, which would have you know occupied him as well. And yet he's been far and away the best player, and probably even better than he was last year. It just shows. What a special talent he is that with all these extra kind of things going on, it hasn't affected him one bit. You, you might have given him a bit of a pass if he had been maybe a little off colour, considering the lengthy year he's had.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, we talked about James McCarthy in terms of that. Because it's, it's one thing, and as well this is coming from when I, when I look back at my career, like the, there's, there's certain times that athletically or you know, physically, you just, for whatever reason, you can't get up to the level, whatever might be there, and you're trying to draw on. So when you see players being able to go through that, and, and have the sort of the length of the season or the, or the or seasons back to back and, and, and perform at the highest level at such a sort of sustained level. And it's just so impressive and, and quite unusual in, in many respects. Like, you know, David Clifford, how many outsiders has he got now? Is he, is he four already? Possibly three, four. He's twenty-four. Like he basically, since he, he put on a Kerry senior jersey, he hasn't he hasn't taken a breath for all intents and purposes, and um, certainly not to, to any anything that that he could be at fault with. And there's no no sign of that abating. Like, and I think that's what we don't actually give him enough credit for that he has this phenomenal natural talent and he can sort of bend the ball to his will like no other player that I've ever seen. But physically and athletically, he is, he is imperious in there. Like he's, he's a huge man. He has, he has, and he, I'd say he is working very hard. You know, in the gym, he's not just kicking kicking spinners from from forty yards because he knows he has to take a serious amount of, of 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 hard treatment on the pitch and be able to roll that and and he can like he is he is he could go out in midfield and play midfield comfortably for Kerry and be a super, because he's that he's that athletic and he's that big, um, but he's able to display those and 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 sort of get through games not not just get through games on games like even to get through that Derry game like it, it for, for the for the for the attention that he got and to perform and and basically get over the line was phenomenal, but game on game year on year. So like, it's not just a skill level. It's it's athleticism and leadership qualities sort of stand apart from from anything else that's out there at the minute. And I know I I, I wrote about it during the week that there's there's part of us want to see that type of player as much as we love to watch the the messies and of this world, be great, even though they've loads already and they've got careers that we, we die for. We, we want to see these people be deified and be, be, be put up there because, you know, in 20, 30 years time, as Connor said, this is the type of game will be relayed back on. And they, there's not too many games, if you think back, if you were to go back 30 years, how many games are constantly put up? Yeah, you have the, the awfully Kerry final, you have maybe the the Throne Kerry semi-final. There's a couple of games that keep popping up as sort of sort of milestone games in the history of the association. There's a lot of games sort of blend in and out and, and, and you sort of, you forget about them. This game on Sunday has the potential to be one of those. And for anyone attending it, you know, if you're a neutral, if you had to pick it, you'd say, I want to see David Clifford put on a show, beat Dublin literally on his own and to say I was there that day. And, you know, only a Dublin fan would begrudge that because he's been that good and and to say it's, it's it's he almost deserves it for what he's done to date. Um, and as he has, he has, I, I don't think he can do it on his own though. That's my point. And I, that's to go back to the Dublin 4. I think, Conor, you mentioned some of these um, Kerry players that didn't need to step up they can't be waiting any longer. They need to step up to the level of last year. Do you know what I mean? The Sean O'Shea's, the parties and these guys, they need to find something a bit more than they've got to date because if they, if they come with what they did against Derry, I don't think they'll get the job done. I, I genuinely don't. I can't, I can't see a Dublin team allowing David Clifford to contribute nine points. Be it between play and free. I just can't see that happening. So pull him down to maybe four or five, give him that. So other guys are going to have to find those scores somewhere else. So and and they might get that freedom, as you mentioned, Connor, because to, to to nullify Clifford's effort, uh, Desi Farrell might double up on him or, or might have a certain approach, that might free, free up somebody. So those guys are going to have to take take the ball by the horns if, 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 if David is, is, is bottled up in the corner at times, because as I say the Derry performance for me is just not going to get the job done.
1: Yeah Connor like how do you expect Dublin to go about stopping David Clifford?
0: Well the first thing they'll do is to put Mick Fitzsimons on him um because Mick Fitz- <laughs> Do you think
2: do you think you will Connor
0: yeah Yeah definitely yeah, yeah I think Mick Fitz is like if you look at Mick Fitz if you look at the silhouette of Mick Fitz and the silhouette of David Clifford they're more or less the same shape and I think that's maybe even a very basic thing but if you go back to 2019 the drawing game um David Clifford was was physically uh too big for Johnny Cooper to handle so w- when the balls came in all Clifford did was plant his feet early and all of a sudden Cooper can't move anywhere and he had to foul him and he kept fouling him. so I think that's Mick Fitz's job but there won't be you know like Dublin won't spend a huge amount of time or too much time on this idea of Clifford like I think they might have been playing it up a small bit after the press conference the other day um, because you know the, the, the way you stop Clifford is you stop him getting the ball because if he gets the ball, it doesn't matter who's on him. You know, you can't you can't get anywhere near him. Like Chrissy McKeg's as good a man-marker as there is in the country and he got the benefit of the doubt from the referee in that semi-final and Clifford, he couldn't stop Clifford at all. So the first thing Dumberland want to do is try and stop the ball coming in. The second best thing you can do is slow the ball coming in or dictate, you know, which wing it comes in from. And a lot of the a lot of the Dublin play will be revolved around, you know, if you leave spare men on one side and you overload the other side, you make sure the carry attack down a certain wing and then, you know, the ball coming in, you make sure that your sweeper is in in place. So all those things before he gets the ball, I think, will influence a big way uh, in how Clifford performs in this game or how he's allowed to perform. But the big thing for me about this, I I reckon when Dublin started the season and they looked at the Kerry game last year and you know if that's your starting point where are you going to improve I don't think they spent a whole lot of time analysing how they defended Clifford I think they're going to look at one thirteen. that's what Dublin scored last year against Kerry in the all Ireland semi-final and it wasn't good enough to now they were within a point but if you look at that Dublin starting attack Kieran Kikennie scored three points Korma Costello scored a goal that really you're not going to score too often again and other than that the only starting forward that scored was Sean Bugler scored a point that's where Dublin, I think, have started to rebuild this team. And this year, if you look, if you look at it, Dean Rock has lost his place in the team. Lorcan O'Dell from that starting team. You've got Conal Callan in there. You've got Collie Baskell in there. You've Paul Mannion in there. Last year, the Kerry defence was far, far too comfortable. They got men behind the ball. Tyg Morley protected Jason Foley. Dublin couldn't even get a kick pass inside without Kerry almost setting this Venus flytrap. And there are so many scorers now in the Dublin team I think the entire Dublin game plan would be revolved around getting them early ball, taking a chance, making sure Tyg Morley has something to do. I guarantee it, like Conal Callan was Dublin's contender for footballer of the year until three games ago. They moved him to centre forward and he hasn't played as well. But I guarantee you that's with a a mind of making sure that Tyg Morley has to follow Conal Callan around the place. So I think Dublin are going to go ball-headed at, at, at the Kerry defence. They're going to make sure that every single one of the Kerry backs gets tested, every, that they're taken on every single time. And that, to me, is a, is, will be the Dublin focus this week. They'll absolutely take provisions. I'm sure that Mixed Simons will go on them. Uh, if he picks up a yellow, then Davey Bourne will go on them as well. You know, wasting too much time over that, I don't think that's the win and losing of the game. I think it will come down to the Dublin forwards and whether Colly Basquel can find the form of the Mayo game, whether Cormac Koslow can continue his form, whether Conor Callan can put, uh, put Type Morley under pressure and if Manning can find his top stuff. And that's, you know, Dublin have far more control over that than what they do with David Clifford. And I think, you know, they look at that 113 last year and if they can get it up around 116, 117 or maybe 215, they'll see that as the winning
2: of the game. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. And I think they'll probably look at, not that they'll have to be looking to Derry for, for inspiration, but they'll look at the way Derry play and that Derry sort of structure, that they, they play with six forwards, that they actually occupy all of the defenders, which is a sort of a very new thing for defenders now. They've got so accustomed to for the last couple of years, having everybody withdrawn and trying to deal with play, uh, people coming at them. Now it's a case of, Christ, we have to mark players in every corner of the the, the the forward line and that Kerry struggled with that and why wouldn't they because it's probably something that they don't experience a lot and I think Dublin at their best play like that they play with forwards up there occupying space um, as opposed to maybe what they had got a wee bit withdrawn over the last few years so I 100% agree and now they have the players to do it whereas before those guys put in there that you just sort of were they at the same level they weren't and as you said Conor they've gone back to the future with with the likes of uh, we're not going back with Conor Callaghan's back Paul Mallon's back in I do think Kieran Kenny will start I think you know it's too big a game not to do you know what I mean unless there's some fitness reasons why he done enough in the the, the semi-final he's too young he, he doesn't need to be in the, the impact sub mould yet he's plenty of years for that he needs to be a starter he needs to be getting back and and, and you could see that intent that he had when he came on against Scotland but in the main frame that no Kieran it's not holding the ball up slowing it up hand up in the middle of the field killing the pace out of the game it's to, to, to drive B that sort of uh, catalyst in the middle and going forward and if you're going left or right you're going at pace and you could see that even against Monon I don't know if you remember there's a few times he had to you know, move the ball across but he seemed to do it at a huge more urgency than he might have in the past so expect him to start expect him to sort of try and set the tone and keep Kerry pinned back there and keep the scoreboard racking because you say a going you know they might just give over right David you know kick kick Between yourself and the rest of the Kerry forwards, kick sort of 17, 18 points, we're going to get 19 or 20. And that is why it's making such a good game because I think both teams play their best football when it's a wee bit more expansive. And then it could be a bit of a a score fest.
1: Connor, one thing I'd like to ask you about is is the idea that it's been thrown around a lot comparing this Dublin year to the last dance or, or what have you. Like, is there an expectation, or in your mind, like, win or lose after this game is it kind of is James McCarthy gone retiring maybe McFit Simons even the guys who kind of came back out of the cold like is it an idea that Mannion and McCaffrey came back for a year to give it one big go and then they might just go back and, and you know kind of step away again or is this team potentially going to go again again next year what, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, my theory on this, and, I, and I, like I don't have any sort of direct information to back it up, but my, my theory on this was that in the off season, you know, James McCarthy was very much to the fore in rounding up the troops again. Like we interviewed Paul Mannion a couple of times when chemical croaks were on that run. And not only did he sound very comfortable in intercounty retirement, he made a very compelling case as to <laughs> why not playing intercounty football Um was more enjoyable than playing inter-county football, and then out of nowhere he came back. Now I'm pretty sure himself and Jack are fairly close, so I think once Jack's arm was twisted, that Manny might have come back. I'm also not buying the line from Dublin that uh, you know when Evan Comerford got injured, and you know in February they put out the call. I'm fairly certain that Cluxton had agreed to come back at the end of last year, um, and just they timed it in such a way that he was going to come back when he did, and they kept it under wraps. So there's definitely an element of that. Um, you know, you look at James McCarthy and against Mayo, he looked unstoppable like a freight train. But you look at him in a warm-up now. Um, and and you're looking at him thinking, How is this fella moving at all? Like he looks like a fella who's 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 lumbering around the place. And then eventually when he loosens up. So there's physical reasons there. He got married in the off season and Fitzsimons Simon's thirty-five now. They had to give him a few weeks off at the end of the league because he was doing his final medical exams. So with a lot of fellas there, there are a lot of things going on. And I think like win or lose there's a there is a great sense of finality about this you know if Dublin lose it's definitely the end of their era if they win they're after getting one last one and a ninth for those that and I think for some of them the appeal of going will be strongly there and I think for management it Bill too you know I know that they, they signed up for another two years at the end of last year but I think if they were to get one more and get over Kerry and you know given all the work they've done with with building the squad even if you know those players haven't broken through into the first game I think we'll see significant change at the end of this year. Um, you know, if they're all gone, that'll probably be a bit of a surprise if they all go. But I wouldn't be surprised um, if by the time Dublin start the next year's championship, there's a very different look to the team.
2: Yeah, I, d- I don't know, Connor. I think I think there's an uh... The mould has been broken, I think, of the the modern Gaelic footballer over the last number of years, and, and and Monaghan has probably played a long part. That this expectation that once you hit thirty, you know, every every year it's a question whether well, you're coming back. Well, like, James is thirty three. I know it sounds that sounds old, but that's actually now young when you've got a lot of 34, 35, 36 players knocking about, um, and. I always sort of say, we're talking with the modern boys, are they going to retire? Is that you retire? There's a couple of reasons that physically you're done. Just you can't get the body up, injuries, whatever. just physically can't get it done. And basically you're given vaccines to say, no, you got to pull it up. Okay. Uh, personal circumstances, family, whatever. So the scales tip that you, you need to give more time there. And you just, you know, that wasn't there for the previous 10 years or just, you just can't get up to the level and you're on the bench and you're not getting pulled off it and just just time has, has, has called on you I, I don't know how many of those apply to like James McCarthy um, like he's going to get an all-star if he wins he could get footballer of the year that's certainly not in category 3 he'll have a place for Dublin next year if he wants it physically he still has it you know they accumulate that's the only thing like you, your body slowly will slow down you but there's no sign of it just yet so unless as you said he's getting married and there's personal reasons he wants to commit to that more so I don't know but I, I certainly wouldn't take it as a given because as I say it's you get into the inter bubble. It's 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 something that when you get out of it, it's, it you realise that it's 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 almost impossible to step back in. And the boys that have done it this year is a phenomenal achievement because it's it's not an easy thing the stack in and get back up to the level that they've done, and I think that the older guys especially will you know once they step out, that's it, and you're leaving. You're, you're basically your life turns upside down from what it was. So I don't know. I think you might see some of them, but I, I don't necessarily expect to see wholesale changes. And Dublin um, are still going to be all Ireland contenders next year, even if a couple of them do. So like, it's not a case they're walking away going, "Oh, we can't win an all Ireland." So what, why bother? What what else is there? They're still going to be up there. Is there any other team obvious contenders? even if a Cluxton or a McCarthy, know, they're still going to be up there. And, you know, that's a huge strife for any player. So we'll see. We'll see. But I certainly wouldn't be just writing the obituaries for them just yet. But that, that'll happen when it's right for them. And, and, and I think, you know, just give them the space to do that. But if it is, as much as we talked talked about a minute, we want to see David Clifford, if Dublin, you know... And win and James McCarthy, that, that's of equal status as what David Clippard might achieve. And and he'll be heralded as an all-time great, lifting Sam McGuire ninth and, and what a way to go out if, if he does. And again, that's something we look back over the next 10, 15, 20, 50 years and it'd be a privilege to see it.
1: Yeah, it's hard to know if players are more likely to step away on the back of a great success potentially on Sunday or would that make them want to stay on and potentially win another one or if they lose is it that the end of an, the road as of said the end of an era Is just the time to step away so you could kind of make an argument for either either one for either staying on or retiring win or lose like it's
2: funny yeah, yeah. well players are selfish players are selfish and they're hungry players want to play and, and, and if you actually look at most of the Dublin players that sort of moved on over the last 10 years the year that preceded them moving on, they were sort of bit part players or had gone off the panel. They certainly didn't exit, you know, with, with all stars and, and all the rest. It might have been one or two. I can't think of any of the Clux top of head. And again, he's an exception, but I'm talking about say that the Brogans, the Paul Flins, the McMahons the and um, all of these guys that had such stellar careers. They sort of just slowly faded into the background and they almost weren't missed when they went because the panel had been changed over. I think if like a James McCarthy was to, to go after this year, that would be a massive shock to the system because he's such a pivotal role. Um, but listen, we're, we're playing devil's advocate here. We'll, we'll, we'll get over Sunday first and then see what the winter brings for these guys.
1: Yeah, well, just before we finish up with predictions, Connor, is there anything kind of ahead of the game at a left field that you think could have a big bearing that we haven't touched on or, or isn't kind of one of the key talking points on the server that I don't know, is bubbling in the background that you think could be a decisive factor potentially?
0: No, well, the interesting part is, like, be, you know, you know, the kickouts are always a huge part of this game. Like, if you go back to 2016, that semi final, when, when Kerry got two goals off the Cluxon kick-out just before half time, you know, changed not only the game, but the entire atmosphere in the stadium. Now, I think Dublin came out in the second half and re- reeled off five or six points in a row um, and, and re- resumed the advantage. But the big question now is, you know, obviously, for, for as long as we can remember, Cluxon was the king of kickouts. But, you know, like he's, something deteriorates when you go away for two years. You know, he's 42 in December. You know, this is the day when he's going to be come under the most... The, the, the biggest pressure from his kickouts um and 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 really why did they bring him back it's well it's for this kind of game you know they didn't know whether Evan Comerford was going to be fit to get this far he is now um but obviously they didn't trust anybody else in that situation in the second half of the game with an All-Ireland on the line and Kerry have their two banks of four set up and they're marking you know the Brian Fenton's and Brian Howard and the big targets And you know you go back to the 2019 game when I think Dublin lost a couple of kickouts in a row, short, and then Cluxton finds Brian Howard over on the over on the Hogan stand side. He shifts it into Jack McCaffrey, and Dublin get a goal. That's what Cluxton is there for. Um, and and whether Dublin can, you know, produce that, whether they can penetrate the Kerry press, that's going to go a big way at uh, the deciding. But the bench thing as well, like with with Tony Brosnan out. Like, uh, the, only, the only argument for leaving Stephen O'Brien on the Kerry bench is that they don't really have anybody else. You know, like, Kylian Spallan is obviously there, but he's just back from injury. So, I think the Kerry bench, that they don't have as much punch off of it as Dublin potentially do. Now, that depends on where, whether Kieran Kinkenny starts or not. But, you know, Dublin and Kerry have a habit of winning games down the last, you know, six, seven minutes, uh, and, and they can't both do it so uh, you know the, the team that has the, the fresher legs and the best players the best 15 on the pitch for the last 5 minutes you would imagine they're going to be the team that wins it
1: mm, Set up to be such an absolute cracker and after this 40 minute chat I'm actually more excited now much more excited now than I even was at the start Okay, Prediction time Dick who do you think will be lifting Sam Maguire on Sunday evening?
2: Dublin and and a very simple basis that I'm looking at both teams compared to last year there was very little between them and they're largely the same set give or take are Kerry same better worse than the Kerry of 2022 I think they're at best same possibly slightly below that Dublin 2023 versus 2022 infinitely better so Taking that alone, I think that tips the scales because, as Conor said, there's so many variables. There's form, players. You know, you could analyse it to, to to death where the game be won or lost. I just think Dublin are a better team than the Dublin team that lost to Kerry last year, and that Kerry team is just not. On the basis that we've seen so far this year at that same level collectively. And I think that is just going to tip the scale. I think Dublin just will have enough on the on the pitch starting 15. And as Connor said, down the home straight, just that wee bit more to come off the bench as their panel is a lot stronger than last year. And I think over the course of 75, 80 minutes, that'll tip the scales. But you're talking, you know, a couple of points at most, small margin. And when the game's that tight, it just takes a freak goal or bit of genius from from possibly a man from Fossa to to to, to tilt the odds back the other way and that could separate it. But I think all things have been equal Dublin legend.
1: Connor?
0: Yeah, I like I've thought since the two lads, particularly Jack and Mannion, even before Cluxon came back, that Dublin We're in a great position to win this All-Ireland. Not just because those players are there, but what it kind of says about it. And you've seen Brian Fenton has been kind of rejuvenated to an extent. And McFenton is a serious footballer and and there is this kind of line of thinking around him that Jack Barry, you, you know, tends to get the better of him. I wouldn't be surprised if Fenton had an enormous game this weekend. Same with Conor Callan, who's been a little bit more quiet for the last two. So, yeah, like Dick's point about like is there much difference between the carry of this year and carry of last year not really is there much difference between Dublin this year and last year enormous difference like incalculable difference um, and I just think that Dublin have the experience and everything else um, and I think having experienced losing the last couple of years they've just gone in, in in the right frame of mind it, it's probably nothing but you just there was, there was a very relaxed sense from from management and from players at, you know at their media day there last week and usually they're on very high alert in that situation of letting any leaving any hostages to fortune I think Dublin are just going in in the right frame of mind and body and everything else to win this. But I would, what I would say about Clifford, uh, you know, and he is the great variable. He's the one that could ruin these predictions. It's not just how good he is and it's not just, you know, the number of scores he's going to get. Like Dublin could go out and score two goals in the first five minutes here, and he could kick one point. And, and the one point that he kicks is so good, it actually changes the entire atmosphere in the ground and it changes the vibe of the thing. So... Uh, I wouldn't like to downplay the influence and the power that Clifford will have on this game um, but despite that even I just still think that Dublin have a better team and I think they're going to win the game by a
1: couple of points Well it's set up to be an absolute cracker on Sunday I'd like to thank Dick and Connor for joining us on our, our Ireland Football Final Preview Show we'll be back next Monday with Dublin legend Philly McMahon to discuss the final in the meantime you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or listen on independent.ie so until next time thanks for listening and goodbye This is an Irish independent podcast.